I believe that Senator Bernie Sanders has the best plan. Um, you know, he's been fighting and he's the most candid in his words about the direction and the need for change and progress um, in this nation. Uh, and so I, I think it's, it's quite simple. We're fighting against um, sort of this imperial attitude that exists. And I don't think that we have a bright future hanging on to this way of life. Welcome to the Edge of Sports Podcast. I'm Dave Zirin. This week, I'm thrilled to tell you we have former NBA player, all-star, champion David West on the show. And we're going to be talking to David West about all matters political, about the books that he's read, about why he's supporting Bernie Sanders, and a lot of stuff in between. You're not going to want to miss this interview. Also, I've got some choice words about Dwayne Wade and love as an act of resistance. I'm going to be speaking about Dwayne Wade and how he fights transphobia just by being a loving father. I also have Just Stand Up and Just Sit Down awards and more, but first, True West. We have on the line right now uh, for folks to hear, we, he's an all-star. Uh, not just an all-star uh, on the basketball court, but an all-star in terms of politics, in terms of what he's doing with his life. Uh, he's an NBA champion, but he's not just a champion for what happened when he was with the Golden State Warriors. He's a champion with the works that he does, uh, and he's somebody we're very, very happy to have on the show. His name is David West. Mr. West, how you doing, sir? Good. How are you, man? Thanks for having me. No, it's great to have you. The theme for... Uh, WPFW is Black Is Telling Our Stories, and it made me think of you because I feel like you're somebody who has a story to tell. Right, right, okay. <laughs> and so just to jump right in, um, you, you've put yourself forward as a political person, and when I meet political people, they, they always have like an origin story, like a superhero, like that there are things in their past that made them a political person. Right. Uh, what, what, what was your political evolution to being someone who's this um, outspoken person on histories, uh, on, on stories of social justice? Well, um, I mean, I really don't know, like, to pinpoint it exactly where sort of this shift came. Um, but I've always felt the need to be aware. When I was like eight or nine years old, um, a young man was killed by the police in my community mm. um, in northern New Jersey. Um that was the first time in, in terms of just being um, a young African-American kid that, you know, I saw sort of the polarization of this incident, the vilification of this young young male. Um, and then I saw how, you know, forces worked and conspired against him in death um, to sort of shape a narrative about him and ultimately led to the acquittal of the police officer. You know the story. Um, I think that, are you talking about the Philip Pinnell shooting Philip in Pinnell shooting. Yes, yes. Wow, yes. yeah, I remember that. I, I'm that from New York City. On my street. Oh and my I, god! Yeah, that was on my street. Um, and so that was one of the probably the first thing I think that really just rattled me as a young person. And at that moment, I started listening to like my mom and dad's conversations. I started listening to you know the older people in the neighborhood. And just started listening to what was going on in the world and wasn't so much just a kid. And then, you know, as I got older, it was just 
more of a realization of my own reality, struggling in school and then learning about my history, which helped me sort of refocus and recenter and be able to um, you know, figure out things about myself. And then as the world just kept growing around me, you know, I found myself in the NBA. Um, you know, I'm one of these guys that it wasn't written in the cards for me to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, things just kind of happened. Um, you know, I was a ball player, but, you know, I flunked my senior year of high school, so I had to do an extra year um, at Hargreaves Military, which sort of, you know, gave me the structure I needed. I went to Xavier University where, uh, you know, again, it was happenstance that I got recruited there. Um, it was really the biggest school at the time that had offered me a scholarship. I was just so happy to get a scholarship. I jumped on it, um, you know, went to the school, was embraced by the school, small classrooms, really helped me work on becoming a thinker and um, work on myself. And I was able to, you know, get a degree, um, work on just being a person. And then, again, basketball just kept coming. I didn't realize basketball or the NBA was even a reality. Until my junior year of college is where I was like, Oh, okay, this really might be a might be a way to go. Um, you know. Wow. So that's kinda of what happened and when I got thrown into the NBA I kinda of was who I was. Um, I had some moments in the league where I had to recalibrate and, you know, make a decision to sort of stay true to what I am and who I was and figure out the landscape. Um, mm-hmm. but again I've always I've always just felt compelled that it's our it's our it's what we're supposed to do in terms of being in tune with society and working toward creating and adding um peace and justice you know where we go and where we are and i think that you know that's the way we need to be and i still think we can play in the nba and engage in the things that we like to do um and at the same time pursue peace and pursue justice in our outcomes Mm. This is David West. We're talking to NBA champ, all-star, and somebody who's doing the work uh, to try to make this world a more just place. Uh, if I asked you for a book that affected you or changed you along the way, made you start thinking about your life, made you start thinking about the world and your place in it, is there a book that you would recommend for folks? Um, you know, I probably... Um, if I would say right off the bat, um, it would probably be an African studies book, um, one by Chancellor Williams called The Destruction of African Civilization. Mm. Um, and that, that would, that's a powerful, I guess, staple work in my, in my consciousness. Um, and then from there, um, I've done probably the next book, um, um, that's really probably shaped me. And I know you know, um, you know, you're, you're personally, we're personally close to Howard Jim, but it's the people's history of the United States. That wow. was a big one that um, um, really, you know, I guess got under me because I hadn't read up to that point. I hadn't read that perspective um, or the perspective of the United States from a white person. Mm-hmm. I guess if that's the best way I could put it. Mm-hmm. And um, that one uh, was another one. And then, um, John Hope Franklin's classic work um, from from slavery to freedom that was probably um, one that also just kind of made me know I was going in the right direction and that um, in terms of my thinking and what my aspirations were um, in terms of the impact and you know, influence I wanted to have 
on society beyond just being an athlete and someone who can influence young people toward the game of basketball. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Now, when you're in the NBA, were, were there people on your teams who could deal with you on this level? Who were talking about people like John Hope Franklin and these incredible books and wanting to talk about changing the world, or was that something you sort of had to compartmentalize because that just wasn't the way of the walk in the league? Uh, well, there were um, there were guys throughout the journey. I guess I would just sort of make you know make connections with or try to have conversations with, um, particularly early on in my career. Um, listen to you know, listen to guys talk, but it wasn't something that I knew I couldn't necessarily just be out and boisterous in the locker room because mm-hmm. it turned a lot of guys off. Um, I had teammates that were afraid to sit and converse with me and talk to me, um, um, you know, because of some of the some of the uh, uh, I guess subject matter or the way that I I, I viewed things, and um, you know, I guess the other thing was that. You know, I guess I enjoyed reading, and that was something that, you know, from an athlete's perspective, that's something that most athletes don't do, just to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, reading and sitting down it requires a certain amount of patience and quiet quiet times, and there's not, you have to make those in your life, um, create those in your life, particularly when you're in the NBA. So, um, you know, I, I, I found my, my, my guys, I found my, my my niche in terms of communicating with players, but I never wanted to be the guy that um, you know turned people away. But whenever, uh, you know, particularly when I was in um, um, Indiana and had a chance to be more of a leadership role, um, I had uh, a chance to really help Im- impact young younger players, and I was able to use you know what I knew uh, to really speak to them. So mm. it worked out, you know, in that way. Now you you also famously have the the X tattoo on your shoulder. Yeah. Um, if, I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about that and if that ever engendered some conversation with folks. Yeah, um, it. I guess it does. So it's kind of a, a double meaning there. So my god brother um, was shot and killed in Jacksonville mm. um, through the shoulder, um, and so I, that tattoo is there sort of as a reminder that X marks the spot. I mean, it's a reminder of him, but it's also just a reminder of um, school I went to um, and the choice that I made, you know, to sort of be in this um, space. Whether or not I ever got public about it, it was a a decision that I said, you know, I wanted to be knowledgeable um, when I'm out talking and communicating with young people, going into the juvenile centers, I want to be able to impact them, give them information, um, and, 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 and be able to reach them where they are, but also be able to give them things through my study and research that they may not have access to. Um, mm. And all of that, you know, I guess makes up, you know, who I am, sort of the direction that, um, that I choose to look and, um, and stand on. Yes, speaking of the direction you choose to look, uh, your, your Twitter feed has... Uh, gotten like political in in a very positive and exciting way, uh, particularly around these elections. Uh, wh- what are you feeling right now about election twenty twenty? Who are you looking towards? Tell our listeners and uh, and, and what's your thought about what this country needs? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm 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 pretty easy. Um, you know, I'm Team Bernie. I, I'm going to vote for um, 
mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders. Um, I just think that our country is in a very, very critical stage. Um, you know, we've got people that are seeking to go back and lean on outdated, antiquated ideologies um, and maintain a system that we all know is not producing outcomes that are effective for all of the citizens in this country. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that Senator Bernie Sanders has the best plan. Um, you know, he's been fighting and he's the most candid in his words about the direction and the need for change and progress um, in this nation. Uh, and so I I think it's, it's quite simple. We're fighting against um, sort of this imperial attitude that exists um, and that we just can't seem to let go of. As a, mm-hmm. as, a, as a country, and I don't think that we have a bright future hanging on to these, these this way of life. And I think we've got to shift. I think we—if you look at our cities, um, if you—I do a lot of driving. I really like to drive and get on the highway, I'm up and down I-95 from Florida to New York and Connecticut all the time. Um, I've driven Midwest. I, I mean. We've got a hundred years worth of infrastructure work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at our, you know, our, our penal system, we have the largest incarcerated population on the planet. Um, if you look at our educational system, we are failing monumentally, and we're trying to make education a for-profit business, which is intrinsically against the rights and the best interests of human beings. So. I could go on and on in terms mm-hmm. of the things that we're dealing with, but I just feel like Senator Sanders has the best and most complete plan, um, and he's candid about what he's aiming to do. His work, he's not mincing words, and he's pushing against this system and the established way that has gotten us into this predicament and refuses to acknowledge the reality of where we are. So I, and I'm a big fan of um, Nina Turner's as well. I've been, you know, I've I was I was in Ohio for four years, and I've always sort of maintained this relationship with the state of Ohio. So, I, I she caught my eye early years ago, um, and I'm a big fan of hers. And when she made sort of this her political shift, um, I was like, wow, um, that was something for me to. I admired that from a distance. I've never met her or anything like that. So, just something that I admired, and the fact that she's supporting Senator Sanders really got me to really take a good look at him. Because uh, I think, like everyone else, I saw you know President Obama as you know this big beacon of hope, and you know from a from a image standpoint and a symbolic standpoint, he did a a masterful job for us in terms of the image of the of black people. But you know, po- policy wise, we know he was locking step with a lot of these other politicians and presidents that have come before. I just think we need a re direction in order to give our country and our our generations of the future a chance. I mean, first of all, I got to say, like, getting you on the phone with Nina Turner would probably take about 10 minutes. So if if you ever want to talk to Nina Turner, that's something that would be pretty easy to arrange. Um, The second thing is, uh, could you see, like, I just interviewed, this is just by coincidence, uh, Justin Jackson, who plays for the Chargers. He's been very much a pro-Bernie guy. He's a young running back out there. Could you ever see, like, organizing, like, athletes for Bernie? I think it would be, I think that would be a good thing. I mean, I don't know if I'm the guy to do it, but I would Mm -hmm. definitely do something like that because um, there are a lot of guys I know 
um, just to be honest, there's really no platform. There's no space inside professional sports for guys like me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Got, you know, there are other guys who are, who are similar to me, but there's really no space. Um, so we find our social media as those spaces. We find when we, you know, we, we link up with guys, we find guys, and but, but there's really no space that you can go and have these kind of conversations. Um, um, and there, there are guys out there, I'm sure, and particularly across across the sport. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying with that. Um, I, I'd be remiss. You've been really generous with your time. I'd be remiss if I, I mean, one of the things you're trying to do is create a space for yourself with the historical basketball league, uh, right. the HBL. You know, you're directly taking on the NCAA. You know, that means you're involved in what Dr. Harry Edwards said is the civil rights movement and sports of our time. Uh, in terms of taking on the NCAA. Um, and, and our, our listeners should be familiar with it because we speak about it all the time on this show. But I wanted to ask you uh, for a progress report. How do you feel about how the HBL is uh, looking? Right. Okay. Well, first I'll let you know we, we had a name change. So oh, I'm are, sorry. No, we're good. We're the professional college league now. We, oh. Um, right. Our, the historical basketball league, we've, we've, we've changed the name. For some for some positive reasons um, to the professional college league, so we can be more clear about what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. um, and we can clearly define who we are in the space that we want to be in. But we're working, you know, getting sponsorships and partnerships. We're working to become the premier destination for collegiate athletes to give these athletes um, a different opportunity, a different chance to pursue their professional uh, dreams. We know that right now the current system that's in place is a system of exploitation. Um, and we feel like athletes should be compensated fairly for the business and the market that they help generate, um, and we, we we seek to do so. We're going to have uh, academics and athletics separated, so our sports are in and our games are in the summer, uh, academics in the fall and winter like regular students. Only difference with us is we will continue to train, um, work with, and develop our players through the fall and winter months. Also, we will also engage um, and create academic opportunities for these guys um, that aren't just consistent with four-year colleges. We got, we'll got we have vocational opportunities, trade opportunities, online uh, curriculum opportunities, um, and you know we're going to use technical community and local colleges to educate players and give them tangible um, educational bits that we think will help them as they pursue their professional sports careers. That's such important work. Um, so glad you're doing it. Thank you for that, sincerely. Um, and one last question for you. You've been super generous with your time. I got, I always ask this of folks who, um, I talk to. Um, everybody I have found, particularly, I guess you, like doing all the driving that you're talking about, like music is a big part of your life, like creating a soundtrack for yourself as you do this kind of work. Uh, what's on the David West playlist? Right now? Um, I'm, I'm really listening to, I mean, I'm always listening to like my guys, which is like Biggie mm-hmm. and I like Quali and I like T.I. Um, but I've really gotten into, um, you know, just listening to, um, the, uh, the classic R&B stuff again. Um, just listening to the rhythms and it, it allows me a space to think. So, I mean, that's really, that's really what I'm on right now. I'm, I'm uh um I'm kind of in that transition. I'll be forty in a, in uh, in August, so I'm kind of like moving out of the way from the the, the hip hop of today, mm-hmm. and I'm sort of staying in my '90s and 2000s sort of flow because I mean, with the exception of J Cole, he's a North Carolina dude, and 
I rock with Cole, so I'll leave it there. <laughs> but, but even J. Cole does the work with Gangstar, and he sounds like the people from the 90s. He's got right, that right, right. old-school flow, which is attractive to me as well. Right. Um, wow, David, I'm, I'm, my mind is still spinning about T-Neck because you know, my, my best friend went to T-Neck High School, and so the Philip Pinnell story yeah. had a huge impact on me. I was like 15 years old at the time. It was right, right, right. a yeah, huge it was a big deal, deal man. It was a big deal. It's yeah. a life changer. Right, wow. Right, absolutely. Hey, David West, thank you so much for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely, man. No worries. And I'm going to hook up you and Nina Turner. I'm going to make right, sure a phone great. call Thanks, happens. Man. No Thanks. problem. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much to David West, and thank you so much to the good people at WPFW Pacifica Radio where I recorded that interview. We'll be back right after this message. We'll be back right after this, but first, a quick word from the sponsor of this podcast, The Nation Magazine. Okay, look, the need for independent journalism has never been more important, and The Nation brings it each and every week like they've been doing since 1865. I'm serious. This is what you gotta read. It's The Nation magazine. Go to thenation.com slash subscribe. And please never forget that when you support The Nation magazine, you are also supporting the continued existence of this podcast. So please subscribe. Go to www.thenation.com slash subscribe. And now, back to the Edge of Sports podcast. We are back on the Edge of Sports podcast. I've got some choice words right now about Dwayne Wade and love as an act of resistance. Okay, look. Dwayne Wade is not doing anything special or anything that an ideal society should perceive as special. He's not doing more than being a loving father. But in our society, warped as it is by a stunning array of hatreds, love can often be a radical act. The issue at hand is that one of Wade's children is trans. Dwayne Wade and his wife, the actor Gabrielle Union, love their 12-year-old trans daughter. Her name is Zaya, and this week they are introducing her to the world as their trans child. Now, technically, Zaya is Union's stepdaughter, but it's clearly a distinction without a difference in the Wade Union household. A year after supporting her attendance at the Miami Pride Parade, and months after fiercely defending Zaya after a photo of the family featured her with acrylic nails, which brought out some wretched social media trolling. He is attempting to use his platform as a great athlete in this most macho, heteronormative, and cis-dominant of worlds to try and educate others. It would be wonderful if we lived in a time when this action was not exceptional. But it is, and it matters. As The Trevor Project published last year in an extensive study, Transgender youth reported significantly increased rates of depression, suicidality, and victimization compared to their cisgender peers. The root cause of all that pain is often in part being ostracized or worse by your family or community. Physical and mental abuse inside the home is also too frequently an aggravating factor. Now here is Dwayne Wade modeling an entirely different kind of parenting. Wade in the past has expressed pride in Zaya while also saying he knows this isn't or shouldn't be about him, that in effect he is not asking for a cookie just because he's a loving father. But this week, now that Zaya is officially out as trans, Gabrielle and he made the decision to be more public about their lives. He said, We are proud, and when I say proud, we are proud parents of a child in the LGBTQ community, and we are proud allies as well. 
and we take our roles and our responsibilities as parents very seriously. So when our child comes home with a question, when our child comes home with an issue, when a child comes home with anything, it's our job as parents to listen, to give them the best information we can, the best feedback we can, and that doesn't change because sexuality is not involved in it. Wade also went on to say, once Zaya came home and said, hey, I want you to call me Zaya, I'm ready to take the, this on, I looked at her and said, you are a leader. You are a leader, and this is our opportunity to allow you to be a voice. Right now it's through us because she's 12 years old, but eventually it will be through her. On the same day as the interview, Gabrielle Union posted a video of Zaya on Twitter and wrote, Meet Zaya. She's compassionate, loving, whip-smart, and we're so proud of her. It's okay to listen to, love, and respect your children exactly as they are. Love and light, good people. In the video that Union posted, Zaya said, I would say just be true to yourself. What's the point of being on this earth if you're going to try to be someone you're not? It's like you're not even living as yourself, which is the dumbest concept to me. The family is blanketing her in support this week. Her big brother Zaire, a promising basketball player in his own right, posted pictures of them as kids on Instagram and wrote, I've told you I would lay down my life to make sure that you are ten toes down and happy on this earth. I don't care what they think, Z. You're my best friend and I love you, kid. And if it means anything, just know there's no love lost on this side. What the Wades are doing is nothing less than modeling for the country how to love your trans child. Such an act in this transphobic culture, happening at a time when anti-trans legislation in this election year just happens to be popping up in state houses around the country, feels important. It feels like nothing less than an act of resistance. We'll be back right after this with a quick word from Edge of Sports. Hey, everybody out there. This is Dave Zirin with the Edge of Sports podcast. People got to know that we put this podcast on with elbow grease and, and bubble gum on a weekly basis. And we're proud of the work that we do. We love it. But we can't do it without support from you, the listener. So please go to patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod and support the podcast. That's patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod. Any little bit you might give to support the podcast actually makes a huge difference to the work we're trying to do. That's patreon.com slash edgeofsportspod. We appreciate you. Make no mistake about it. And now, back to the Edge of Sports podcast. And now it's time for the Just Stand Up Award. Just stand up and just sit your ass down. The Just Stand Up Award this week goes to somebody who usually has his own section on the show, but this seemed important enough to actually put this further up in the conversation, and that is Colin Kaepernick. If you haven't heard, Colin Kaepernick is starting his own publishing house along with Audible.com. Colin Kaepernick has also said he's going to be putting out a book this year about what he's been doing and his political changes that he's been going through uh, over the last 10 years of his life. Uh, And he did an interview with Jarrett Bell at USA Today where he said, I learned early on that in fighting against systemic oppression, dehumanization, and colonization, who controls the narrative shapes the reality of how the world views society. It controls who's loved, who's hated, who's degraded, and who's celebrated. Now, in a comment about Kaepernick starting this uh, publishing house, Terrain Walker tweeted this. I want to read this. There's an African proverb that goes, Until the lion learns to write, every story will glorify the hunter. 
I am happy to see the arrival of this platform for creatives who want to tell our stories our way. And that's what Kaepernick is going to do. I mean, this is unapologetically a black nationalist project. It's unapologetically a left black nationalist project. And it is unapologetically pure Colin Kaepernick. It's going to be fascinating to see if he can pull this off. And if there's one thing I know about Colin Kaepernick, you probably don't want to bet against him. The Just Sit Your Ass Down Award. Sit your ass down. Sit your ass down goes to the police. Not just generally to the police. But for the police who took a young man named Jalen Butler, who's on the Eastern Illinois swim team, and was wearing his EIU jacket on a road trip with his teammates, when police tackled and handcuffed him, an officer pointed a gun at his head and told him, if you move, I'll blow your bleeping head off. This all happened in East Moline, Illinois. So East Moline police, sit your ass down. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's show. Thank you so much to David West. Thank you so much to everybody out there listening. Thank you so much to everybody out there who's doing the kind of work that we need to do to make this world a more humane place. And thank you so much to everybody out there who's taken the time to rate the show, to uh, provide a little paragraph uh, about their thoughts about the show. All that stuff actually makes a huge difference in the various algorithms that uh, determine whether or not a show gets promoted or not on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast app of choice. Uh, For everybody out there listening, please stay frosty. We are out of here. Peace.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.